Well, good morning. As uh, uh, Pastor Daniel mentioned at the beginning, uh, we've been connected with uh, UAC here since 1983. And in fact, I remember as I was driving the car here this morning, I was reflecting upon uh, the time that I actually preached my first sermon here at UAC when I was a senior in high school. And I had 28 pages of notes back then. Um, I I brought a few less today, so I just uh, felt that was more appropriate. Um, But seriously, it's a joy for us to be back here with you today. And I I don't tell this to other places, but this is actually my favorite place to speak, you know. We do lots of speaking while we're here in Canada. But I love coming back to UAC because this is my family. This has grown up with a lot of you folks. And uh, it's been a real joy for us to be connected all these years. Now, granted, as we walked in this morning, we saw some familiar faces that have been here almost as long as we have, uh, some longer than that, uh, but a number of new faces as well. And uh, we're excited to tell you about what God has been doing uh, in Thailand these past four years that we've been there. But before I do that, I just want to say thank you so very much. You see, as a Christian and Missionary Alliance Church, you help support us and the other 211 international workers that serve around the world. Now, there's no way that we could do this without your help. So thanks so much for praying for us, for encouraging us, and for giving to the Global Advance Fund so that we could be your representatives in the country of Thailand. Now, for those of you that might be new to the church in this, the past four years, since the last time we were back, uh, our family has been serving in Thailand uh, since 1999. Now, we've done a number of different ministries in that country. Uh, For the first 13 years or so, we were involved primarily with Thai ministries. We worked in Thai churches and and was involved in teaching the Bible uh, to Thai leaders uh, and helping them to be able to be more equipped to lead their churches. But these past four years, we were living in the southern part of the country on the island of Phuket, and we went there to relaunch a work in the south. You see, we started up an international church for the 20,000-plus foreigners that live on that tiny little island. And praise God, this past June, uh, we left a congregation of about 100 people that are a part of what's called All Nations Church Phuket. So thanks so much for praying and encouraging us and, and giving so that God could do that. That's, you've been a part of that, and so thank you so much for, for, for doing that. If you've been a part of a church for any length of time, you probably have heard people... Uh, even like myself, come and talk about being involved in, in sharing the gospel message with other peoples around the world. And you've probably heard stories of people from Africa and Latin America and Europe and Asia who have chosen to put their faith in Jesus Christ. And stories of how God has changed their life as a result of that. You may have heard statistics about the, the number of people groups around the world that have yet to hear the gospel story for the first time. And most likely, you've even heard someone uh, offer you a challenge um, to be involved in this kind of work by going to one of these places yourself. Some of you might remember me doing that about four years ago when when we were here with you. Well, as you've listened to the stories and those challenges, perhaps you've asked yourself this question. Should I go or should I stay? Meaning, should I leave Canada and go to one of these areas and join God in what he's doing there? Or, should I stay here in Canada and help others to go instead? Have you ever asked yourself that question? I do want to share some statistics and some stories with you this morning. 
And I am going to challenge you to consider going to a different country to use the skills and the gifts that God has given you. So you can be thinking about that as I talk this morning. But before I do that, I want to give you three reasons why you should consider going instead of staying. However, I want to pray for us first, all right? Let's pray. Father God, thank you just for this opportunity to be in this place today, Lord, where we can hear about what you are doing around the world. And Lord, I want to pray specifically right now that you, by your Holy Spirit, would speak to our minds and to our hearts. Would you speak to us in such a way that we might know what your leading is in our life? Because, Father, maybe there's some people here today that you have been preparing their heart, that you want to see them go and serve you in another country for a period of time. And others, Lord, that maybe you would have them stay here behind so they can be the supporting folks of those that are able to go. So, Lord, for each person here this morning, would you speak by your Holy Spirit and make it clear to them perhaps which one of these two you want them to be a part of? Not for our sake, but for your sake and your glory, we pray. Amen. God got my attention about world missions in 1988 during my last year of high school. Uh, During my senior year, I had heard a number of speakers uh, speak on this theme. Uh, Before that, I had never considered the idea of becoming a missionary or an international worker. I was studying law at the time, and I was quite content with that choice of vocation. At the same time, I couldn't deny what God had been doing in my heart. You see, he was getting my attention about this thing called missions and slowly building a burden within my heart for it. Then on May 1st, at the end of a message on missions, I responded to an invitation by the speaker. He invited those who are willing to serve God overseas to come to the front as an indication of their willingness to go. Now, I didn't know at the time that that was God's will for my life, but I went forward. I told God that I was willing to go if that's what he wanted me to do. A number of years ago, my mom asked me this question. Why do you need to go? There are lots of people here in Canada who have never heard the gospel. Well, what she said is true. There are lots of people in Canada who have never heard the story of Jesus and had a chance to respond. There is a great need here in Canada. But in answering this question, I think it's better to look at the issue from the viewpoint of opportunity instead of need. What do I mean by that? You see, there's need everywhere. I looked on the internet the other day, and and the present population of Earth right now is about 7.5 billion people. Okay, 7.5 billion. And of that 7.5 billion, there's about 2.2 billion people that call themselves Christians or follow the Christian faith. Now, I don't know the statistics of the number of people who who have had a chance to hear the gospel message, but have chosen to reject it. But if I were to be conservative about those estimates, maybe it's one to two billion people that have had a chance to hear the gospel, but yet said, no, not for me. So what that means is, there is still at least half the population on this planet that is yet to hear the story of Jesus in their own language in a way that they can understand it and have a chance to respond. 
Folks, there's need all over the world. But the issue is not need, but rather it is access. Access to hear the gospel story. Here's the first reason why each of us should consider going and telling the story of Jesus to people in a different country or different culture. There is less opportunity for people to hear the story of Jesus there than there is here. I'm very thankful to God for allowing me to be born in this country. I'm thankful to my parents who brought me to church at a very early age so that I could hear about God's love for me and so that I could have a relationship with him. Now fast forward to today. Since we arrived back in Canada last June, I have been amazed at the number of churches that I have seen in this country. Whether it's in Calgary, Alberta, or here in the GTA, there are a lot of churches. Now, the good thing about this fact is that if someone wanted to hear about God's love and how they could have a relationship with God, they wouldn't need to travel very far to be able to have an opportunity to hear that. Now, I suppose that we could debate that some churches are more engaged and and more effective in telling the story of Jesus than others. But the point is this. In many other areas of the world, people have a lot less opportunity to find another Christian, let alone another church. That is within an easy distance of where they live. Now, in Canada, we have access to Christian television programs also, don't we? Hunter Huntley Street and others like that. We have radio stations that play Christian music and speakers that teach the Bible. We have bookstores where you can buy Bibles and other literature to explain the gospel story. But there are still many cities in many areas of the world that don't have these same, the same access to these opportunities that we have here in Canada. This is one of the reasons why we left Canada to go to Thailand in the first place. You see, Thailand's a country of about 70 million people. I think it's about twice the population of Canada. Now, the church is growing slow and steady, but there is still less than 1% of the people in that country that have chosen to put their faith in God and follow him and his ways. And that is after 150 years of missionary presence in that country. I'll get to why that statistic is so low in just a moment. But what I want you to do in just a moment here is I want you to look at a map of Thailand. It shows the growth of Thailand, of the church in Thailand, since its early beginnings in the late 1800s. And as you watch these slides, I want you to notice two things. First, how God has grown the church over the years. That's the exciting part. And second, the large pockets of the country where the church has yet to be established. Let's look at those slides now. The color represents each time a church has been planted. As you can see on this last slide, there are many churches located in the northern and the central parts of Thailand. And yet there are still many areas, mostly in the northeast and the south, where there is no church, indicated by the purple on that map. Now, one of the blessings about working in Thailand is that all the religions, all religions in the country, are protected under the monarchy. 
This means that we've got total freedom to share the story of Jesus with anyone that we want to almost anywhere we, we go. But that's not the case in many other countries surrounding Thailand. You see, Thailand is located in Southeast Asia. It's surrounded by the countries of Laos and Burma or Myanmar and Vietnam, all of which don't have the same access and freedom to the gospel like the people in Thailand have. Malaysia is a prominently is a predominantly Muslim country, is more open, but it still has certain restrictions that make it challenging to share the gospel there as well. In these countries, we have to find creative ways to engage engage people with the gospel story. Many international workers start up businesses or teach English as a means of getting into that country, and then they look for ways to have spiritual conversations with their co-workers or their customers or the people that attend their classes. Some people have referred to the Apostle Paul as the first missionary or international worker. In the first century AD, God recruited Paul to take the gospel story to primarily non-Jewish people who were living in the countries of Italy, Greece, Turkey, and Syria. Paul would travel to these cities, stay there for a few weeks or a few months, and share the story of Jesus with anyone who would listen to him. Well, at one time, he found himself in the city of Ephesus, Turkey. And while there, he wrote these words that are recorded for us in the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 9. This is what Paul said about the city of Ephesus during the time that he was there. He said this, There is a wide, door for a, there is a wide open door for a great work there, although many oppose me. This is exactly how we feel about Thailand. There's a wide open door for God to do a great work in this country, but there are also forces at work that are opposed to the spread of the gospel and the growth of the church. Now, we may have the freedom politically to share the gospel, but there are huge cultural, social, and religious obstacles that need to be overcome. That's why the number of Christians in that country is still so few, even after 150 years of missionary presence in that country. This is the flag of Thailand. Perhaps you've seen it. As you can see, there are five horizontal lines with three colors, blue, white, and red. Each of these colors has a particular meaning. The blue represents the monarchy. You see, we have a constitutional monarchy in Thailand, much like there is in England. We have a king who has no political power, but he has great influence in the country. One of the most significant events that occurred during these past four years was the death of Thailand's beloved King Bhumipon. He ruled Thailand for over 70 years and died of natural causes at the age of 88. The whole country has been in mourning uh, over his death since October of last year. Now, the king is viewed by Thai people as the unofficial father of Buddhism. In fact, if the king were to become a Christian or follow another religion, he would probably have to give up his throne. In Asian societies, the father is a very important person who is worthy of respect and honor by those in his family. To show dishonor or disrespect to a father is a huge cultural no-no in that society. So if a Thai person wanted to believe in God and follow him, it is viewed by some as he or she is turning their back on or rejecting the king as their father because they are rejecting his religion. The white in the flag represents the Buddhist religion. Now, for a Thai person, their ethnic identity 
and their religious identity are intertwined with each other. It's, it's so interwoven that it's almost impossible to separate the two of them. There's a saying, to be Thai is to be Buddhist. And many Thai people define who they are as a person by the religion that they follow. So when someone comes along and says to a Thai person that you can choose to follow any religion that you want to, and it's not going to change the fact that you're a Thai person, that's a very difficult thing for a Thai person to understand. So for some of them, they believe that they cease to be a true Thai if they choose to follow Jesus. The red color on the flag represents the people of Thailand, or more specifically, the soldiers, the blood of the soldiers who fought to maintain Thailand's independence. See, what you may not know is Thailand is the only country in Southeast Asia that has never been colonized by a Western power. The only one. You see, Cambodia, Vietnam, and Laos were all ruled by France at one time. And then Malaysia, Burma, and Hong Kong were ruled by Great Britain. But Thailand has always been able to maintain their independence. Now, what's significant about this fact is that the Thai people view Christianity as a Western religion, ruled by a Western god. See, it was brought to Thailand by missionaries from Western Europe. So for a Thai person to want to follow this Western religion, it means that they would have to submit themselves to a Western god. Well, why would they do that, right? Because they're Thai. They've never been under the rule or the authority of anybody else, so why would they start now? Even though we try to explain to them that following Christ does not mean that you're following a Western god, God's a god of all the nations of the world, not just those in the West. Well, despite these obstacles, God has provided a wide open door for the gospel to be presented throughout the country of Thailand. And one of the most exciting events that, uh, that occurred this last term for us was, part, was our church participated in what was called the Celebration of Love Festival in partnership with the Billy Graham Association. The Celebration of Love is a series of evangelistic meetings that both Thais and foreigners have an opportunity to hear the story about God's love for them and a chance to experience that firsthand. What was exciting about this, was event, about this event was to see all the Thai and the foreign churches coming together behind this common faith goal. You see, God gave a vision to the pastors in Phuket that they wanted to see 10% of their population on the island choose to follow God. Well, what you need to know is the population of Phuket right now is about 300,000 people. So if you do the math, that's 30,000 people they want to see come to faith in Christ. You know how big the church is in Phuket right now? Three to 4,000 people. So they are praying for, in the next couple of years, God to multiply the church by tenfold. Now, I don't know about you folks, but that is huge faith. The Thai churches in the southern provinces are actually trusting God that he will provide or he will lead 20,000 people to come to each of these nights uh, of these series of meetings. And the biggest event that they've ever had, there was 5,000 people attended. And they want to see 20,000 come each night. So, as God brings Thailand to your minds, perhaps over the next couple of months, this event is supposed to happen this December. Would you pray for the churches in Thailand and for the people of Thailand? For God to do a mighty work in this wide open door that's there. Should you go or should you stay? 
you should consider going because less people have the opportunity to hear the gospel there than they do here. And second, because of this little book. Because your Canadian passport opens doors for you. That's the second reason. Now, I realize that what I might be saying here may not be politically correct, but you have to understand this is how the world works in some ways. Let me explain. Remember, I'm talking about access here. The fact that you are from Canada gets you entry into places and settings that others would have a very difficult time getting into. As I've had opportunities to travel around the world and to different countries, I'm always told by the local people in that country how much they love Canadians. How many of you ever traveled to other countries and run into people and they say, oh yeah, when they find out you're from Canada, it's like, oh man, we just love Canadians. You ever hear that? I hear that all the time where I go. I don't know what it is about our ethnicity. Um, Maybe it's because we apologize all the time. I don't know. Um, But as Canadians, we get access and we get acceptance into countries more easily than people of other countries do. You see, as a Canadian, you represent wealth, education, knowledge, and progress. These are all the things that many of the countries in the world want and are looking for. And you have them because you were either born here or you were raised in this country or lived here for some time. You see, in Thailand, you can get a job as an English teacher in almost any school, any Thai school around the country. Because you may speak English as your first language or you're, as a native, it's a prominent tongue for you. One of the things that I did while I was in Phuket uh, this past four years was work with the Royal Thai Police Force. This is a group of volunteers who give up their time to resolve issues between the foreigners and the Thai people. Whether it's dispute um, over the damage done to a rented motorcycle, um, or to an inflated bar tab, or to a missing passport, this group uses their native language skills to help resolve the dispute. Now, we had volunteers in our group from many different countries around the world. I think it was about 20 different countries around the world. There's about 30 of us. And I served as a Thai translator for the group. You see, each month we would meet with the colonel, the, the police colonel, to give a report upon the, those months' observations and activities. And so I would go as the translator between both parties when the, when the foreigners would give the report in English, and then I would back-translate from Thai into English when the colonel talked to them. But what was really neat was I even had the, the opportunity to meet the governor of Phuket, Uh, through this volunteer service as well. A good friend of mine, his name is Dwight Martin, and he grew up in Thailand where his parents served as missionaries in the late 50s. And he remembers a time when the king of Thailand came to his uh, small village town where his parents worked. And the king had heard that there was an American family living there. And he asked if the wife of that home could make some American food for him, which she ended up doing. Now, folks, think about that for a moment. Why did the king choose this family versus all the other Thai families that lived in that village? Because they were the only foreigners in that village. In addition to that, probably he wanted to try American food, which he had never tasted before. But the point is this. When you come from Canada, it can get you access into places that many many countries around the world can't get access into. You see, in many countries of the world, missionaries or international workers are ascribed a special status. 
is one, in one of our previous ministries, I had the opportunity to travel uh, around the country helping Thai pastors to train leaders in their churches. Now, I had never done that before. I never had any specific training in how to do that at Bible school. Um, I often wondered, why did God allow me to be accepted by these pastors and leaders, many of whom were 20, 10, 20 years older than what I was? Why would they listen to what I have to say? Well, it's because I came as a missionary or an international worker. I'm not even sure they knew that I had a master's degree in intercultural studies. They accepted me and listened to me simply because I was an educated missionary from Canada who could speak their language. All that to say, folks, God can use the fact that you come from a great country like Canada to help open doors so that you can make a spiritual impact in the lives of people that live in other countries. Should you go or should you stay? You should consider going because there are less people that have the opportunity to hear the gospel story there than they do here. And you should go because your Canadian passport opens doors for you. And third and last reason is this. Simply, because you can. Because you can. Now, I grew up in the suburbs of Toronto, actually in the town of Markham. Uh, when, I was a child, I, when I was a child, I wasn't sure what I was going to be when I grew up. I first thought about being a, a marine biologist. That was the first thing I was interested in. Because, like, how cool would it be to be able to, like, ride and train dolphins? Hey, wouldn't that be an awesome job? That would be, I totally thought that was an awesome job. Well, as I got into high school, all of a sudden I developed this, this desire for law and this real love for studying law. And I took as many law courses as I could. I ended up even headed in a career towards law. I was accepted at York University, wanted to go on to study there and on to Osgoode Law School. But it was during that time that God began to birth a burden in my heart for missions. You see, growing up, I just assumed that I would probably finish university and get a job in some law company here in Canada, probably in the GTA. Folks, I had never even considered the possibility of working in a country outside of Canada. It simply just wasn't on my radar of list of possibilities to consider. Now, that was 30 years ago, too. But I want to tell you today that you can do almost any job that you find in Canada in another country as well. Did you know that? You can. And you can use that job to look for opportunities to make a spiritual impact in the lives of others. Now, you may not sense God's calling or leading to do full-time church work, but you can most likely do the same job that you're doing here in Canada in Europe or Asia or Africa or Latin America even the Middle East. In fact, in some countries, there's limited access for people like myself to come in to do church work. But the doors are wide open for someone who wants to work outside of the church, such as teaching English in a school, or working in a hospital, or a hotel, or even a business. See, in All Nations Church Phuket, we had a number of single men and women in their 20s who taught in one of the many international schools on the island. But not just singles, we actually had a family from Finland there with their two young kids teaching as well. And we had people who worked in guest relations in the IT department or played music in a band in one of the many hotels. We had a number of people in businesses from selling real estate to foreigners to one family that owned their own construction company. And we had a number of people that were working in social justice and community development projects, 
uh, working with kids at risk or with the girls that worked in the bars to kind of get them out of that lifestyle. Folks, the possibilities are vast and varied as what you would find in Canada overseas. So, why not consider leaving Canada for a few years and work in a different country and get involved in reaching local people as well as foreigners with the gospel? Why not? I'm reminded of some words, uh, some other words that the Apostle Paul spoke. These words were to a group of Christians that were living in Rome, Italy at the time. And they're recorded for us in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 13 to 15. This is what it says. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how, how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they've never heard about him? And how can they hear him unless somebody tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scriptures say, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. The point of these verses is this. In order for someone to choose to believe in God and follow him, someone needs to be willing to go and to tell them. So, what I'm saying is this. Go if you can. Go if you can. Now, as I say that, some of you might be thinking, well, shouldn't God call me to do that? Well, that's true to some extent. But I wonder if we interpret God's calling as as only some mystical event in our life where God meets us in a powerful moment to get our attention about something. Now, that does happen. But at the same time, for many others, the calling is much more subtle than that. By simply reading a verse in the Bible about reaching others for Christ, you can feel a conviction in your heart and a leading from God, almost like he's directly speaking to you from those words off the pages. Or that same conviction can come through listening to a song or hearing a sermon. What is important is not the terminology we use to describe that, but whether you sense God leading you to do this or not. That's the key. So as we consider whether we should go or whether we should stay, we need to pray a lot, right? We need to lean into God, to seek God's face and ask him if this is really what he wants us to do for a short or a long period of time. Now I told you at the beginning of my message that I would give you an opportunity to respond. And in just a moment, I'm going to play a worship song that many of you know, and probably you've sung at this church a number of times. It's called God of This City. But did you know that the group Blue Tree, who wrote this song, were inspired to write this song during a missions trip to Thailand? That's right. They were in the city of Pattaya, which is about an hour and 15 minutes southwest of Bangkok. And they were sitting in a bar in Pattaya, and all of a sudden God just gave them a vision for this song, a burden for this song. And in the chorus, it says these words, greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to be done in this city. Folks, God is not finished with Phuket, Thailand. God is not finished with Baku, Azerbaijan. God is not finished with Nehemiah, Niger, or Mexico City, Mexico. There are still many people who have yet to hear the story of Jesus. So, I ask you the same question that was asked of me 29 years ago in this place. Are you willing to go? Are you willing to go?
Would you be willing to leave Canada for a period of time and to go and show and tell the love of Jesus to people of a different country? If you are, then I want to ask you to come and simply just stand with me at the front, simply as an indication of your willingness to go. And I want to say this to you. Don't worry. You're not, I'm not signing you up for anything today, okay? So just relax. I'm not signing up for anything. I just want you to have the opportunity to say to God, God, I'm here, and I'm willing to go if you want me to. Whether you know it's God's will yet or not, that might be a different story. But God, I'm willing to do this if this is what you want. Now, maybe you've done this before. Maybe you've come forward before in in a meeting such as this. But I would invite you to simply come forward again if if you've maybe already done that once as a means of kind of just renewing that desire and driving that stake a little bit deeper in the ground, saying, God, you know what? I've said it before, and I'm saying it again today. I'm still willing if, I'm still willing if you want me to. Now, for some of you, you are not able to go for whatever reason that might be. But maybe you want to have a greater part in helping others to go than what you've done before. Whether that is through prayer, giving money, or simply encouraging So, if during the song, if you see anybody come forward, and I don't know, that's up to God, but if someone comes forward and God lays it upon your heart that you want to have a part in helping that person to go, would you be willing to come also and just simply stand behind them? You know, as an indication, an affirmation to them that you're willing to support them in that endeavor. Maybe you want to put a hand on their shoulder as they're standing here just to let them know, hey, I got your back. I want to be here for you and help you to go in any way if God is leading you to do this. So, we're going to listen to that song now. And I simply want to ask you to, I'm going to ask you to stand because we're sitting in aisles here and it's kind of awkward if anyone wants to get out. So just simply stand for the song. And while this song is playing, if, if you want to say to God, God, I'm simply willing to go if that's what you want me to do. I invite you to just simply come and stand with me at the front. After the song is over, I'm going to close off in a word of prayer and then we're going to have a song and close out our service. Um, but during the time that the song is playing, come if, you, if that is a desire of your heart. Let's listen to the song now. If you know the song, feel free to join in as well. You're the God of this city. You're 
Father God, you are not finished with this world yet. That's why you haven't come back. And it is so clear from your word that you have a heart for this world, that you want to see as many people in this world have access to your gospel story, to hear your gospel story, and have a chance to respond. And so, God, I just pray for those that have come forward today, Lord Jesus, just indicating, I'm willing to go, Lord, if that's what you want me to do. God, I pray for them that you would speak to their hearts, that you would... Lead them from this day forward, Father, and affirm and reaffirm to them, Lord, whether in fact this is your will for their life. Guide them in that next step, Lord God. Cement this decision in their hearts today, Lord Jesus, and then lead them as they go. And Father, for others, Lord, have come forward today just saying that I want to be part of those that support them. I want to help these folks to go if God were to lead them to go. And so, God, I pray for them as well, that you would show them, Lord, exactly what you want them to do. Maybe that is praying more regularly for people to go for these ones that they, they've seen come forward. God, maybe it's being willing to sacrifice more of the hard-earned money that you have given to them so that they can go and be your hands and your feet to, the, to people of this world. Or maybe simply, Lord, it's just, just to tell them, hey, I'm with you, keep going, don't give up. So, Lord, I just pray that you would lead and guide each person in their role, in that supporting role, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your presence here today and for speaking to us today. May your name be glorified above all else. Amen. Um, We're going to sing a song of response here, and then the service is going to close. If you have come forward today as an indication saying, God, you know, I want to be one of those that are willing to go if you want me to. I'm going to ask if you would just stay seated in the front here. I just want to talk with you for about two minutes after the service, give you a little brochure, and just kind of pray for you. Again, not signing you up for anything. Don't worry about that. But I do want to have a chance just to talk to you for about two or three minutes. Okay? All right. Keisha, lead us in a song of response while we're all standing. Oh. Um, okay. After the song. After the song.
Um, one thing I just forgot to mention is that uh, outside in the lobby, uh, my wife Bonnie will be standing there in a moment uh, by some little Thai curios. Uh, one of the things that we do is we send out a, a prayer update every week, just with a picture, a short paragraph, and some prayer requests. And many of you receive those and have been praying uh, for us. And so we would just invite, if there's some of you here today that maybe would like to be a part of that, then we would love to have your support in that. And you can just go see her in the lobby and sign your email or give your email address to her, and then we can add you to that list. Uh, so thanks again so much, folks, for, for all that you've meant to us uh, over the years. Pastor Daniel. Thank you so much, Pastor Derek, for coming and being with us today. How many were blessed this morning? Amen. And we just want to pray for um, Pastor Derek and his family as well. I just want to encourage you all, you know, being a missionary is one of the best things that you could do with your life. And it's such a rewarding experience. And you might be in the congregation right now, and you, probably, you might be thinking, oh, I don't want to go up there. I don't want everyone to see me. But please, if somehow the Spirit of the Lord is tugging on your heart, please come up after everything's over. Don't worry, you can just sneak in here and, you know, speak with Pastor, speak with Pastor Derek after the service. I just want to encourage you, the, the harvest is plenteous. The labors are few. Let's unite our hearts in prayer today. Father, I just want to thank you and praise you once again for Pastor Derek and his family, for Bonnie and for Carlin and Jesse and Gemma. Lord, the sacrifices that they have made, Lord God, for you, Lord God, to take your word. Lord, they are storytellers, telling the greatest story ever of Jesus who came down to earth to die for us. Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them. Lord, he is one of our missionaries from this church. And Lord, we just pray, Lord God, that you would bless them in this, uh, this year as they're here home on home assignment, that they would be uh, blessed, that they would be encouraged as they spend time with family and friends and as they speak as well at various churches. We just pray your blessing upon them, Lord God, that you would use their words to encourage others to step out in faith, Lord God, to go. And for those that can go, to, to be able to support in whatever way possible, Lord, your work in various uh, uh, lands, O oh God. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit moving in our midst this morning. Lord, we know that you are tugging on hearts, Lord, that you are inspiring different ones. Lord, and I just pray that the word that's sown this morning, Lord God, would bring forth fruit, Lord God. Lord, the word that's sown in the hearts of your people today, Lord God, would, would, would bring forth a hundredfold fruit, Lord God. And that we would have missionaries that come out from our midst, even from this service, Lord, that, that in years to come, just as how Derek looks back and thinks about that service that he surrendered his life, that even in years to come, Lord, that people would look back and say, yes, on this day, on October 15th, I surrendered to the call of God. Lord, we thank you, Lord, because you are moving. And so we just surrender ourselves into your hands, Lord. We surrender this dear family into your hands as well. And for all these dear ones that have come up here to the front, Lord, we just pray your blessing upon them as well, Lord. And as they seek to do your will, Lord God, that you would lead them and guide them, Lord. We just thank you and we praise you, Lord. Lord, now as we enter into this week, we just pray that you'd watch over and keep us. Bless your people, Lord, in the trials and tribulations of life, Lord. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. We surrender ourselves into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Just a quick reminder as well, the shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child are due next Sunday, so please make sure to bring them as well. God bless you all.